I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Featuring us. Where we talk about whatever is awesome. (laughs) Everything is awesome. Remember that from the Lego movie? No. The Lego movie? No clue. Everything is awesome? I don't know. Oh, come on. I don't Don't know know if I saw the Lego movie. Childhood culture? You know what is awesome? What is awesome? I am going to Disneyland next week. You're going to Disneyland? Disneyland. Yeah. I mean, me, my sister, my brother-in-law, the kids, the kids who are, you know, 18 and 19. The kids aren't kids. (laughs) I know, but that's how I have to reference. And the kids. Have they been to Disneyland since they were kids? Yeah. Actually, I think my nephew, his grad night is even there soon in a few weeks since he's graduating college but oh wow i know but i'm like oh god disneyland i don't know when the last time i went to disneyland was not on acid or something you know this will be fun (laughs) doa (laughs) it's a trip going to disneyland as an adult i mean there are many people and i've had clients who were like oh yeah we're disneyland season pass holders like really okay that's cool yeah yeah i know but to go as an adult when you haven't been since you were a kid is wild i've been once or twice since the kids were kids so in the last 18 years I've been once or twice, but you know what else? It's really fucking expensive. Right. It used to be like $10 off with a can of Sprite, (laughs) but- You know that I still have the tickets. I have a booklet of tickets. Oh, really? (laughs) Of like the C, the D, what was the fun one? C? There was like- E-ticket. The E-tickets. Yeah. I still have a booklet. Wow. I know. So cool. I was amazed. I mean, look, we can go meta and make this a psychological thing. Okay. That- As an adult, I think 10 years ago, a little less, I went to Disneyland, hadn't been there in a long time. And I remembered Disneyland as a kid as being like huge and amazing and wonderful and confusing with all the different lands. Like here's Tomorrowland, here's whatever land, here's Pirate Land. I don't know what the names were, but it was, (laughs) it was, (laughs) you know what I mean? It was amazing to be there as an adult and just realize like, wow, this place is small. (gasps) <gasps> it's not huge. It is huge. What? Well, navigationally speaking, it made a lot of sense as an adult. It wasn't like overwhelming and I didn't know where I was. And this is all the way over here. It was like, oh, this is it. This is all there is. Oh, okay. Really? It's just, it wasn't as big a deal to me as an adult. TBD. We'll see. I'll let you know how I feel about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to do. I was like, can we go on like, it's a small world and stuff. My sister was like, oh yeah, I make the kids go on that shit for sure. Well, that will be fun for you. Yes. That will be a nightmare for me, but fun for you. Anything exciting with you? Exciting. What's exciting and new? Nothing. Okay. You, know, you know what the problem is? We just talked for like an hour before we started recording. Uh-huh. And <laughs> we should have been recording that. <laughs> for sure. Although some things we talked about, I don't know if that would fly over here. Yeah. But did I tell you about this? The idea of the eight minute phone call? No. The idea of catching up with somebody for eight minutes at a time rather than trying to find an hour when you can chat with somebody. Yeah. Like I've got several friends where we're trying to connect and catch up because we haven't done that in a while. So we're both looking for like when we have an hour of time to actually have a chat. The article was saying like, rather than look for that, just have a series of eight minute phone calls and catch up in spurts over time because it's so much easier to find eight minutes. So you do that a couple of times and you've done your catch up and you've talked more frequently. Right. So you feel more connected to people. No, I like that. I like that too. Whereas you and I talk for an hour every week. Well, (laughs) right. I also hate talking on the phone. 
Yeah, but if you only had to endure eight minutes of it. Well, I would never endure an hour. That's not even an option. So, yeah, but it's really different when I can see like doing a Zoom chatting with a friend or whatever. It's totally different for me. Really? Than a phone call. Oh, man, I can't stand it. I prefer not to do Zoom therapy, but at least a phone call, I'm too disconnected. One of my favorite things to do is to be driving in my car and talking to a friend. Me too. I'll do it then. Passes the time of being in the car. Yes. I'm still paying attention, but I don't have to pay attention that much. So they get my undivided attention. Yeah. It's nice. Whereas if we're Zooming, we're on our phones, we're doing other stuff. It's, yeah, anyway. Whatever. I realized too that part of what's difficult for me about Zooming with people is I feel stuck. I mean, not when I'm doing a session because I'm very singularly focused on the session. Right. But I'm usually multitasking and doing so many things, which is easier to do on a phone call than it is on a Zoom, which I guess we can use this as a non-segue segue. Totally. That's what Sarah and I were talking about. I mean, that's where you guys pick <laughs> up with this session is us talking about doing so many things. Uh-huh. And a lot of us just operate that way. And it doesn't have to be like an ADHD thing. It could just be, we're just used to being very productive or busy or not focused. <laughs> I guess that is kind of ADHD, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. So maybe without any further ado, ado. or ado, uh, we should just get on with this session here with Sarah and then we'll come back and break it down and we'll be back with eight minutes. And then next week we'll do another eight minutes and we'll just keep doing eight minutes until we really feel like we're so embedded in your lives. That's funny, Doug. As your eight minute friends. That was funny. Oh, thanks. Well, let's have a giggle and you guys can have a listen and we will be back in probably a little more than eight minutes. Okay, bye. Bye. Exhausted. Tell me about exhausted. Oh, you name it. So I got sick. Yeah. I'm vaccinated. Ends up I test positive for COVID. Oh, wow. If if you wanted to make like a comedy out of my last week, it would be a blockbuster hit. The company I work for, this is their busy season. I have COVID. I feel like total crap. And I have all of this stuff happening regardless of how I'm feeling. Boyfriend. Gets sick. I'm working, literally clocking 13-hour days, taking the kids to school, picking them up from school. Even though I tested positive, if they have no symptoms, they can still go to school. So I'm, you know, waking up at five in the morning, bringing them to school, coming back here, logging into work, cooking dinner, cleaning the house, all the things. It's, It's literally been so nuts that that it all i almost you know when you're i don't know what to come maybe if if you drink too much coffee and you're in that rush part where you don't really know how effing exhausted (laughs) you are until that moment where it stops my boss literally looked at me and he was like log out of work right now and go lay down and get some rest. (laughs) Everything just came like, oh, and on top of all of that, I am dealing with nonsense with my whole taking my ex back to court for child support 
amendment. It's just been a shit show. Like, like there's a, there's a last straw meme in my week somewhere. <laughs> and I think I hit it 30 minutes ago. Doug, I was going to be so proud of myself and tell you all about this crazy shit that's been going on and how like I just breeze through it. And then my son texts me and he's like, hey, mom, on Friday, can you drive me basically to L.A.? about an hour, almost to LA, about an hour away, one way to drop me off. So now my son is asking me to take two hours out of my work day to pick him up from school and drop him in LA so he can go to on a trip to Mammoth. And at first I was like, okay, sure, whatever. And then I was like, what the, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> no. No, of course I can't do that. So now, you know, my teenage son is pissed at me because I didn't do what he wants. But just the fact that I had to put my foot down and say no to my son, I was like, okay, now I need to talk to Doug. Now I'm going to breathe and you talk. Why did you just say, now I'm going to breathe and you talk? Because you were just sitting there listening to me. And I know I go on and on when, I'm, when I have stuff is out here. Sure. But you could have said, you could have said, okay, your turn. Or, okay, I'm done. You said, okay, now I'm going to breathe. You talk. Yes. When I start getting there, uh -huh. you tell me, okay, take a breath and I'm going to say something. Right. So right. I was like, now I'm going to breathe and I'm going to let you talk. I am doubly proud of you. I will tell you why. Number one, you recognized you were getting elevated. Okay. Now I'm going to breathe and you talk. I was waiting for you to kind of hit a pause and I really was going to say, okay, now you take a breath and I'm going to talk for a minute. So you beat me to it and you did that because you're recognizing and you have the awareness of yourself. I don't actually see you breathing right now. So uh, I'll say you're not quite at the meditative state. If I relax too much, I'm going to fall asleep. I saw two sips of water and one vape. And... The second proud, you had a boundary and you named it. I know. And it's super hard. And I'm, I don't, I still don't think I've accepted, like I keep telling myself, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll just go back and say, okay, I'll, I'll figure something out. But I, I, I know I shouldn't do that because of course my son is going to get where he needs to be because he will. I, I know that. Right. And right, of course sure. he's going to forgive me once he gets over his initial, I didn't get to walk all over my mom this time, but there's still a part of me that hates, hates that I said no. I want to give one more of course to this. Of course, I'm not going to drive two hours during my work day out of one of the busiest times of the year while my boyfriend has COVID and I'm still recovering from COVID. Can we give that one? And of course also, Absolutely. Yeah. To you, but to my son, <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I mean, because I feel like, and this is the way it should be, kids at his age, they shouldn't understand the magnitude of just the fact that he asked me and not his dad. 
is already a huge, giant red flag warning sign. Another thing that is expressly forbidden in our parenting agreement that was signed and ordered by a judge. Do not use the children to communicate between the parents. I'm not going to bring son into this. You can get ramped up very easily because there's still a lot there and there's an injustice, the quest for justice, right? Mm-hmm. And you can go into that mode for other people all the time. And I think there's a standard that you hold yourself to with that. Son, shouldn't have to know about this. And I don't want to disappoint him. We joke, the idea of meets expectation. I don't want a fucking expectation on this one for you, right? And I don't want you to exceed anything on this because what you're doing is exceeding your capacity to be a human being and compassionate towards yourself. You have COVID and you're working crazy hours. That's a lot. And still waking up early to take the kids to school and do, you're doing a lot. Am I proud of you for that? No. No, it's my life. Well, yeah, it has been. And you've been great doing that. And it's worked for you a lot. I want to highlight that it's an area where maybe we can try to do it a little differently. We can experiment with something that you are not going to like. I'm going to say it and we'll see how it lands. And then I'm going to shut up for a second and see how you take this. I have learned that oftentimes our greatest strength comes from recognizing our own limitations. What do you think of that? I mean, intellectually, makes perfect sense. I've probably told people that. In theory, it makes perfect sense. But I handled all the stuff. I only hit the spot when my son became involved. Maybe if it was on a different week, I might have just been like, sorry, kid, you got to talk to your dad. Right there, right there. How you just said that. Sorry, kid, you got to talk to your, you got to talk to your dad. That's a different point than the, I can't do the, it's, it, that's a different, I mean, you looked different. That's a limitation and a way of saying it that doesn't have to be over enunciated that doesn't have to reach that point of you know that it's the Popeye thing I've stands all I can stands and I can't stands no more for sure I I'm, I still struggle with when I my my decision or my no affects somebody else when I first came to you that was one of the biggest issues in my life it was that constant right. Feeling of I can't let anybody down and I can't do anything wrong. And if I can help, I should help. And, you know, even if it kills me, I'll do it to make somebody happy. And especially when it comes to my kids. So it is difficult for me, for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. And I recognize that. That's part of what we're talking about and why we're talking about it. What's your line about this? Yeah, I'm going to give myself cancer. Right. So until it kills me, I mean, you're almost prophesizing. I'll slow down when I get cancer. You got COVID and you didn't slow down. I felt it. I felt it right here before we started the call. I was working hard. I was doing what I had to do Hmm. 
in very difficult circumstances, but I was okay. I, w- I was handling it. There's a weird sense of um, pride, I suppose. Holy fucking shit. I can't believe I, I just finished that week. Right. But I was still in this place where I was, felt good. It takes a toll on you. And I think uh, allow me to be your lowest lane for a second. If you're going to put on the cape and be Superman and save the world, you need some place where you can take the cape off and just go, oh, man, here's what it took out of me to do this. Yes. And in fact, that's how I was feeling until I got the text. And then everything just started going, because all of a sudden I was not this new Sarah I'm working on. I did what I needed to do. I did it well. I feel proud of myself. Yes, I'm exhausted. Yes, I did not have time to be sick. Yes, I, you know, so many obstacles. Stay there, stay there. I was Forget, forget son, the text, stay there. Okay. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did this. That we're going back in time before the text. Let's say you didn't get the text from him. You didn't, none of that happened yet. Now tell me about the week. Now tell me about what you went through. Honestly, adrenaline for me, I think that that's what I was on. I had a goal. I had what I needed to accomplish and I was just doing it and I was happy. I I didn't actually feel angry or used or anything. I felt fine. I mean, I, I, I am, I think that I am my best self when I am performing in a sense, not camera, you know, on my face, but performing as in. Yeah, absolutely. Producing. It's like when you, when somebody runs a marathon and crosses the finish line, I mean, they've just run 26 miles. They hit the finish line, then they collapse and realize how tired they are. Right. That's exactly how I felt before the text. Just tired, but happy. I did it. I crossed that finish line. Awesome. Yeah. And then. Give me that. that. And then. And then. When I was growing up, I didn't have anybody that I could tell. How hard something was. How difficult something was. How tired I was. How frustrated I was. Couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. No one, no one was going to listen to that. And I had to be strong for siblings. I want to hear about your emotional experience of the last week. Yeah. You crossed the finish line. Great. Now tell me about how your body, how your mind, how your emotions feel with what you went through. If you can go there, because historically you don't. No, I mean, I want to, I, I was, yes, exhausted. Yes. I felt that, oh my God when you crossed the finish line that you were just referring to, but I was, I was happy. I was not in anxiety world at all. I was in a good place. Honestly, I I wasn't feeling stressed. If I'm being honest, tired. Yes. A little sick. Yes. Need to sleep. Yes. But not, (laughs) not, you know, enunciated squealy, Anxiety. Sarah. Pause, pause here for a second. How are you feeling just right now? Better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whenever I, I'm talking to you, I feel better. Part of that is you and the cult not having anybody to go to. You do now. You're talking to me this way. 
and how you're talking mm-hmm. about things now isn't enunciating, isn't getting ramped up. It's this was my experience. And I actually like mm-hmm. that you're getting over COVID right now for the sole reason of you are a little more exhausted. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the energy to get as ramped up. And I also want you to see the function of getting ramped up, putting on the cape, going into that mode of what that does for you and what happens because it's a superpower. Why I say putting on the cape, that's Superman. And you can, and you do do that. That thing with sun goes back to, you know, what I was saying with what we talked about a few months ago, the quest for justice. Yeah. Something's not right. So I need to fight for this and you will, you will, and I can see it. You're, you're, you're about to pick it up and go quest mode for a second. Before you go quest mode, I'm looking at the function of it for you. Yeah. I was going to comment on that. There is an element I feel when I disappoint my children Mm. or the anxiety I feel around disappointing my children, even if it's necessary, goes back to childhood because the pain I felt every time I was let down by my parents is something I will always remember, no matter how much I try to forget. I remember how sad I was as a child, how heartbroken I was and how, how sort of disillusioned I was that there was nobody looking out for me, nobody protecting me. I believe that what happens to me when I'm confronted with a decision to having to disappoint my children, even if it's very necessary and actually probably in the long run good for them to sometimes learn that they don't always get to to have everything they want when they want it. For me, it is now I'm that parent. Now I'm the parent who's letting them down and who's disappointing them and dashing their hopes and dreams for a weekend in Mammoth. So there's for sure something something there. Let's stay here for a second. Really quick. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go really no, no, quick. No, no, no. no. I'll come no, back. Let's stay here because I was going to say the next thing. So I'm going to put a pin in that, Doug, and we're going to stay here for a minute. <laughs> yeah. This is an opportunity to reparent yourself. We're talking about being okay with disappointment. Right now, in your mind, disappointment is not okay. I don't like how it felt. I was exposed to it so much. I'm shielding my kids from that so they never have to experience that. That seems noble. That has created in you a sense of, I am never going to let my children be disappointed in me the way I've been disappointed in my parents. I don't want them to ever feel that. I don't want them to be disappointed ever. They're going to be. In you. And if you remember months ago when I said, what, what if, you know, son is like, oh, can we have bacon and eggs? Oh, I want bacon and eggs. Oh, we don't have bacon. And you said, you remember this? You were like, yep. oh, I'll, I'll go out and buy more bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Underlying that is I don't want him to feel disappointed in me. Yes. And I can guarantee you with 100% certainty, 
there will be something that you will do and inadvertently he will be disappointed. Like right now. <laughs> well, I don't mean to disappoint him. No, no, no. Right. Exactly. And here's the thing is what we're, we're now having a conversation about being disappointed. We talked about, can we validate their feeling for what it is and provide the space where they can talk to you about that emotion that you didn't get to have as a kid. How do you talk about it? I'll say, sorry, I'm, I know, I understand how frustrated you must feel or how this is. I do understand. Okay. If he says, how do you understand? How do you? I mean, I do. <laughs> One of my favorite lines with my kids is if you think this is bad, <laughs> you're not prepared for adulting yet. So, yeah, up. okay. So, so what? You I just know? need to suck it up. I just need to suck it up. Is that what you're saying, yeah. Mom? I mean, sometimes. Ugh. But, Mom, I'm, ugh, it's mammoth. I want to go. I'm... Yeah. And you have your father and a stepmom and another adult. Fine. Involved. I know there's ways, there are other ways to get there. I'm just disappointed, Mom. I know. I'm disappointed, too. Honestly, I'm disappointed. I wish I could just take off of work for two hours and drive my son around. So, Mom, Mom, let me ask you, what do I do with this? I feel disappointed. What do I do with this feeling? Right. I'm going to jump out of role play really quick, because what I want to say to him is feel disappointed in your father. Because this is actually not my responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd rather do the drive with you and it'd just be so much easier for you. And I'm disappointed. And I don't know what to do with this feeling. It just, ugh, it just feels awful. What do I do with this? Um, I'm sorry. I, I've, I know that a lot of things in life are disappointing. And you're going to be disappointed more and more. It's just yeah. how it works. So. So. Okay. I love you. And now you need to go to your room. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Usually I just end up saying, look, okay. I love you. And if I could do this, I would do it. Yeah. So what, what, what we're highlighting right now, you don't know what to do with disappointment either. You don't like it. Go to your room. Blame your dad. Get it away from me. Fine, I'll do it. I'll figure something out. What I'm highlighting, Sarah, is that you are not okay with disappointment. Yeah. And what I was looking for, you know, with the role play was, yeah, how is this? Can we sit with it? Can we allow the disappointment? Right now, for reasons I totally understand, of course. No, I can't sit with disappointment. I can't sit with somebody being disappointed in me. How do I deal with it? Suck it up. That's what you had to do. I just want to validate the emotion first. Because yeah. that's the thing that you have learned masterfully to avoid, to suck up, to just take it on, to move on, move forward. I told you I cry watching TV shows, but I don't cry talking about my own extreme abuse as a child. 
So, so that's where daughter and I can bond over crying over a book or crying over a TV show versus crying over actual emotions. So I'm, I, I'm agreeing with you that it's a, it's a thing. You can sit there and cry with daughter. You don't. You don't. You try to have her not cry. You try to make it better. You can cry watching a TV show. God forbid boyfriend sees you. <laughs> so sorry, I'm, I'm calling a little bit of bullshit on this. Just so we understand. You have that emotional capacity. Absolutely. It's there. It has not been safe for you to show it and share it. And when you see it, when you see it in others, especially your kids, as we just saw in the role play, you don't really know what to do to validate that for them. You want to fix, you want to solve, you want to make better. You can't do it. You have a limitation. Is that disappointing to son? Yes. Is it disappointing to you? Yes. You can share in the disappointment. He might actually get mad because he's going to miss a mammoth weekend. Yeah, I understand. Right? But that right now is so uncomfortable that we will do almost anything we can to avoid that. Yeah. And then you'd get back from that drive and freaking collapse, you know, half a mile from the finish line because you just, you were gassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I already am. And this is why we're, we're talking about this and we're kind of <sighs> slowing down, breathing. Why I say again, recognizing our limitations can be an incredible strength. Just sucking it up, just getting through it. Man, you will just be burnt the fuck out. You already are. You could fall asleep right now, wake up on Friday. I really could. <laughs> and that's saying a lot because you know how hard it is for me to fall asleep. Right. right. I could literally close my eyes right now and I think I would be asleep. Right. <laughs> I challenged you a bit today. I was pushing at something. And you know I do it from a place of love and support. Yes. And we'll revisit this stuff because this is stuff that you're learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm incredibly proud of you overall. Being able to talk about this stuff and look about these things, couldn't do this a few months ago. We weren't there yet. We're still not at a place of you meditating and being super zen about everything, yet you are building your own awareness to go, okay, now I'm going to breathe and you're going to talk. And there's a version of that which goes, okay, now I want to see if I can sit with disappointment. How does that work? Yeah, that's, that's my, I think my next big challenge. And, and it's, it was only right before we started talking because my brother was still in the garage and I went out to talk to him for a minute about it, that I had this whole sort of epiphany about my fear of disappointing my children and how it, it's just because that's all I ever felt. As a child, you know, at the, at the time in your life when you need to feel supported and you need to feel like somebody is looking out for your best interests. I just have to find that 
the happy medium in between doing every single thing that my kids ask me to do, right. no matter what right. it does to me and putting my foot down and saying, look, I'm sorry, I can't. And not having to feel guilty right. or have anxiety right. over that decision. You are learning this and it is new and different and uncomfortable. And you're doing wonderfully, yeah. really. And we're back. Hello again. She really is doing wonderfully, you know. Oh my God. She's amazing. I love her. It was so funny when she said, blah, 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 and then she was like, okay, now I'm going to breathe you talk. <laughs> right. And then you like made her break that down. And she's like, well, I mean, you know, um, and you're like, I actually was about to say that. So, and then you said, I counted two sips of water, one vape. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was like, there's something to that. Two sips of water, one vape. Like there's something to counting the whatever you see that's happening. That's like two turntables and a microphone. But there's something about this that I really loved for her and something that I was like, mm, I don't love. The part that I loved is when she was like, yeah, now I'm going to breathe and you talk. I love that because that was her recognizing, let me pause. Mm -hmm. That was cool. I liked that. The idea of actually breathing is great, but she didn't breathe. Right. That's what I was saying. Like I saw two sips of water and vape. How many times have you been working with clients and you're like, okay, hang on, slow down, take a deep breath. And they inhale, they'll go, okay, so the thing is, and they just keep going. They right. don't actually like take a breath and exhale. I don't say that actually to my clients very often, which is why I'm not vigorously nodding my head, but <laughs> because when someone tells me to take a deep breath, it's annoying. However, yeah. at the same time, I do say it every blue moon. And yes, you are correct. It's so true. If somebody says it to me and for whatever reason I feel obligated and I do it, it's like <laughs> I'm not actually doing a whole pause. Right. But that's the whole point. And that's a lot of this session. I, I said to her a couple of times, hang on, hang on, let's stay here. Right. So much of my work with clients is about finding the emotional places and staying there mm -hmm. with them to process the emotions that they're experiencing. A lot of times a client and us will want to name the emotion and just move on, keep going, right? And well, that's yeah. like what we were talking about in the intro to the session and what we were talking about, Sarah and I in the session, running on adrenaline. You just keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Oh yeah, I was really disappointed in that. And then I did this and then I was really sad about this. And then I did it like, whoa, 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 whoa hang on, let's stay with the emotion and process it so we don't just sweep it under the rug and keep going. Yeah, but it's a lot easier to just say the word. If you have to stop on it, then you have to feel it. And then it's a whole feeling thing. Well, welcome to therapy. That's what we do. When she said something like, are you proud of me or something? Or maybe I said, I'm proud of you, but yeah. I'm proud of you for something and not proud of you for another. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know if you could hear, but she was like, oh, oh. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a fine line I walk with her with not wanting her to feel like she did something wrong. Mm -hmm. It is trying to point out that idea of what you just said, Mary. Like, yeah, it's, it's so much easier just to name the thing and keep going. If you have to stop on it, then you have to feel it. Right. That's the point. Right. And I think that's the biggest idea behind this, this episode was not even letting you down. That's okay. Or she's not okay with disappointing somebody or letting somebody down. And especially when it's her kids. At one point she said, 
something about what would he say? Or, and she said something to the effect of like, oh, I didn't get to walk all over my mom this time. And I was like, whoa, like what? Yeah. I was like, yeah. you guys didn't really talk about that. And I'm obviously, I mean, talked about other stuff, but I was in my mind, I was like, I don't think that's a thing necessarily that happens, but however she phrased it, I was just like, is that what it seems like for you? If you're not giving them exactly what they want, or if you are giving them what they want, that they're walking all over you. Well, okay. So yeah, um, interesting. And I think when she said it's hard for her to say no to her son, I love that she connected it to her parents. We'll oh, come yeah. back to that in a second. Yeah. But the idea of her children and not wanting to disappoint them, take out the part where it reminds her of her childhood, just the part about being a parent. If you remember me referencing this in this session, when we talked about this, Mary, I don't know, the time that her kid wanted bacon and they were out of bacon. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I'll just go to the store and buy more right, bacon. Right. We were like, what the fuck? Right. And like, why can't you just say we're out of bacon? Right. She doesn't want to disappoint them. I think on some level, she's aware that her kids might take advantage of that and quote unquote, walk all over mom. Got it. By getting her to quote unquote, buy the bacon. Right. Man, I'm doing a lot of quote unquote, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I guess in my mind, if they're not in tune enough or hyper aware or whatever to know that they can get what they want. Oh, that they can, they can push that yeah, button do you know and get what I mean? away with it. Yeah. I, I don't think they're doing anything like manipulative. I don't think they are either. Yeah. I didn't no, think no, so no. either. I, so yeah. when she said that, I was just no. kind of like, oh, wow. But I think I took a step back and looked at like big picture. What she was saying is that from her perception, it could seem like that, but it was like made me so sad when she was connecting it to her childhood and her parents that she gets anxiety around the idea of disappointing her kids because it brings up for her feeling disappointed at her own parents. And I wanted to say to her and like grab her and be like, just so you know, you're disappointing them by not driving them somewhere or giving them fucking ice cream. I don't know. You got disappointed because you were <laughs> like beaten and abused and fucking tortured. And obviously she knows, but it's not okay for any of the stuff to be done that was done to her. It's okay. The things that she's right. not providing to her kids and them being disappointed. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we were driving at and why I was trying to get her to stay with the idea of disappointment, bringing her back to her own childhood. I'm glad she recognized that and went, yeah, no one was protecting me. Right. So I don't ever want my kids to feel like I felt. So I don't ever want to let them down. Right. Like, well, yeah, you're protecting them from feeling disappointed, but that means they're never going to actually learn to process with you what disappointment's like. Right. They are going to get disappointed. Absolutely. There's no way to shield somebody from ever being disappointed. I was also trying to think of a different word. And yes, across the board, disappointment. But I, I was trying to think of how for her, how she could think of what her kids feel when they don't get what they want or they don't feel like they got their needs met as opposed to how she felt. Because I just think there's such a difference in terms of what it is that's not happening. I mean, for her, it's the same because it's parenting and it's kids. Right. But she, she's almost trying to treat them like adults and have them experience life that way rather than 
truly parent them and allow them to be kids. Like she even said, one of her favorite lines with them is if you think this is bad, you're not ready for being an adult. Oh my God. When she said that, I was like, please fucking tell me that that's one of your favorite lines in your head and not out loud. Oh, I'm sure it's out loud. And, I'm and sure again, it's out loud. no judgment. I get that. And of course, but like, right. Yeah, no. Yeah. And that's what her experience exactly. was. She yeah. became an adult very, very young. Right. She didn't get to be a kid and be disappointed going, oh, mom, I want to go to Mammoth. How come I can't go? Why right. aren't you taking me? Yeah, I understand it. And that's why I slipped into the role play with her. Mm-hmm. Right? I know it was good. I, w- I was just listening to her struggle like, oh, God, you are struggling because she's struggling because if she knew how to do it. Exactly. And that, that's what I had. She, yeah. she jumped out of it. She was like, okay, I've got to jump out yeah, of it. Yeah. I stayed in it. And that's, that's a risk. Yeah. But we have that kind of relationship. I could do that with her now. And I did it and I stayed in it and then kind of let her off the hook a little bit with just going like, okay, what we're highlighting is that you don't know what to do here and you're not okay with disappointment. You've never really had to stay with this and process it. Right. Yeah. That's tough. And it's what she learned to do was, you know, deal with it, suck it up, you know, move on. Yeah. And that's what you and I were talking about, Merritt. Like, yeah, you just keep going. Just, you can say the word, but keep going. Don't totally. stay on it. Yeah. Because then you have to feel it. Yeah. And I liked when you said, okay, so you don't know what to say because you don't like being disappointed either. And you don't know what to do with disappointment. So A, it's a learning thing for all of them. But B, when she said something to the effect of like, oh, like I would be like, it's your dad's fault. So go give him (laughs) your disappointment or whatever. And I was just like, I was dying. And you said something like, so you're either going to blame it on someone else or just pretend it's not or whatever. Like it was all avoidance of not acceptance of. Exactly. And that's why I told her I was calling bullshit on that. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, yeah, blame it on your dad or go to your room. Yeah. Or go (laughs) to your room. Go away. Uh, no, we're, we're going to stay with this. And that's, you know, the line I busted on her that I love is, is knowing your limitations can be your greatest strength, mm-hmm. but so many people don't want to have any limitations. Like that's, it's not possible. And she has a limitation. She is limited because she never really got to process disappointment with anybody. You know, she, she couldn't. So this is an area where she has a chance and I say it to her all the time to reparent herself and kind right. of stick with it a little bit. I know it, it, it's a tough one because it's something most of us can relate to. If your partner is having a problem or an issue, you're going to want to fix it for them rather than just sit with them right? and sit with the feeling. So many people. I can't tell you how often I have people talking to me about having gotten into a fight or something with their partner. And a lot of it is because they went to a place of trying to help them fix it or correct it right. or do it differently. When all they really needed to do is hear them out and go, oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That's it. Totally. Right? That makes sense. It just is one of those things that I think it's hard to navigate. I imagine for her as like a single mom on her end, having the conversation with the kids about, I hate to disappoint you. And so we're going to have to work together on this without then them being like, oh, she hates that, does she? <laughs> Like, <laughs> right cool. now we can manipulate right. her right now. We know what to do. Exactly. Yeah. I think she's too smart for that. And I think, I actually think her kids are, are good kids. I don't think they would yeah. do that. Yeah. They, they've got a good core to them. And as a family, she's created a good house, you know, Aww. it's something that that's really cool. Cause it, again, I say this all the time, guys, but 
I'm seeing her a year from what you guys are hearing. Right. So I know the progress she's made in the coming year from where you guys are hearing. Mm. And it's amazing. And if you think back to where she was when she started, and this is what, episode 31? So that's Mm -hmm. like eight months. That's crazy. That's not even a year's worth of therapy. And she's already so different. That's so crazy. I didn't realize it's only been that long. Right. People say to me like, oh, how long does this take? I'm like, I don't know. Some people could take nine months to see some changes, could take a year and a half. Right. Some people I've worked with for like seven years. And when we hit the five-year mark, it's like, oh my gosh, we just uncovered this and now we're doing that. Right. I mean, there's layers for sure. And everybody is different. I think what you guys get to hear is Sarah has made some incredible changes in how she sees the world and, and how she relates to the world and the people in it and herself, which is, I think, pretty remarkable. That's why I said you're doing wonderfully. She really is. Can't wait to hear more. Yeah. Well, we will hear more. We'll be back with you guys next week. We're going to do another Sarah. And then I think we're going to head into a, my favorite word to say, hiatus. So we will take a pause for a while, but we'll be back next week. We're always on social media doing stuff. We've still got merch floating around on our website. You know, my favorite sweatshirt to wear is one of our mental breakdown sweatshirts. Really? Yeah. Not just because of the logo and because it has like our logo and I'm an egomaniac, but it's comfy. I was wearing our tank top the other night. Were you really? Mm Mm-hmm. Aw. Yep, yep, yep. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. So get your clothes, buy your merch, find us on social media. I don't know, all the other stuff. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the stars. It works if you work it. What other cliches can we throw in there? So many. (laughs) All right, guys. We will catch you in a week. Bye. Bye. Bye.